Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, S.J., Book 3, Chapter 1, Section 5, The Life of Faith, The Fruit of These Trials, The Conduct of the Submissive Soul. It results from all that has just been described that in the path of pure faith, all that takes place spiritually, physically, and temporally has the aspect of death. All that takes place spiritually, physically, and temporarily has the aspect of death. This is not to be wondered at. What else could be expected? It is natural to this state. God has his plans for souls, and under this disguise, he carries them out very successfully. Under the name of disguise, I include all ill success, corporal infirmities, and spiritual weakness. All succeeds and turns to good in the hands of God. It is by those things that are a trouble to nature that he prepares for the accomplishment of his greatest designs. Omnia cooperantur in bonum isqui secundum propositum vocati sunt sancti. All things work together unto good to such as according to his purpose are called to be saints. Romans 8, 28. He brings life out of the shadow of death. Therefore, when nature is afraid, faith, which takes everything in a good sense, is full of courage and confidence. To live by faith is to live by joy, confidence, and certainty about all that has to be done or suffered at each moment according to the designs of God. It is in order to animate and to maintain this life of faith that God allows the soul to be plunged into and carried away by the rough waters of so many pains, troubles, difficulties, fatigues, and overthrows. For it requires faith to find God in all these things. The divine life is given at every moment in a hidden but very sure manner, under different appearances, such as the death of the body, the supposed loss of the soul, and the confusion of all earthly affairs. In all these, faith finds its food and support. It pierces through all and clings to the hand of God, the giver of life. Through all that does not partake of the nature of sin, the faithful soul should proceed with confidence, taking it all as a veil or disguise of God, whose immediate presence alarms and at the same time reassures the faculties of the soul. In fact, this great God, who consoles the humble, gives the soul in the midst of its greatest desolation an interior assurance that it has nothing to fear, provided it allows him to act and abandons itself entirely to him. It is grieved because it has lost its well-beloved, and yet something assures it that it possesses him, 
It is troubled and disturbed, yet nonetheless has in its depths, I know not what important grounds for attaching itself steadfastly to God. Truly, said Jacob, God is in this place and I knew it not. Genesis 28, 16. You seek God and he is everywhere. Everything proclaims him. Everything gives him to you. He walks by your side, is around you and within you. There he lives, and yet you seek him. You seek your own idea of God, while all the time you possess him substantially. You seek perfection, and it is in everything that presents itself to you. Your sufferings, your actions, your attractions are the species under which God gives himself to you while you vainly are striving after sublime ideas, which he by no means assumes in order to dwell in you. Martha tried to please Jesus by cooking nice dishes, but Mary was content to be with Jesus in any way that he wished to give himself to her. But when Mary sought him in the garden according to the ideas she had formed of him, he eluded her by presenting himself in the form of a gardener. The apostles saw Jesus but mistook him for a phantom. God disguises himself, therefore, to raise the soul to the state of pure faith to teach it to find him under every kind of appearance. For when it has discovered the secret of God, it is in vain for him to disguise himself. It says he is there behind the wall. He is looking through the lattice, looking from the windows. Song of Songs 2.9 O oh, divine love, hide yourself. Proceed from one trial to another. Bind by attractions. Blend, confuse, or break like threads all the ideas and methods of the soul. May it stray hither and thither for want of light, and be unable to see or understand in what path it should walk. Formerly it found you dwelling in your ordinary guise, in the peaceful repose of solitude and prayer, or in suffering. Even in the consolations you give to others, in the course of conversation or in business. But now, after having tried every method known to please you, it has to stand aside, not seeing you, in any of these things as in former times. May the uselessness of its efforts teach it to seek you henceforth in yourself, which means to seek you everywhere, in all things without distinction, without reflection. Oh, for divine love, what a mistake it is not to find you in all that is good and in every creature. Why then seek you in any other way than that by which you desire to give yourself? Why divine love seek you under any other species than those which you have chosen for your sacrament? The less there is to be seen or felt, so much the more scope for faith and obedience. Do you not give fecundity to the root hidden underground? And can you not, if you so will, make this darkness in which you are pleased to keep me fruitful? 
Live then, little root of my heart, in the deep, invisible heart of God. And by its power send forth branches, leaves, flowers, and fruits, which, although invisible to yourself, are a pure joy and nourishment to others. Without consulting your own taste, give of your shade flowers and give your fruit to others. May all that is grafted on you receive that indeterminate sap, which will be known only by the growth and appearance of those same grafts. Become all to all, but as to yourself, remain abandoned and indifferent. Remain in the dark and narrow prison of your miserable cocoon, little worm, until the warmth of grace forms you and sets you free. Then feed upon whatever leaves it offers you, and do not regret in the activity of abandonment the peace you have lost. Stop directly that which the divine action would have you stop, and be content to lose in the alternations of repose and activity in incomprehensible changes all your old formulas, methods, and ways to take upon you those designed for you by the divine action. Thus you will spin your silk in secret, doing what you can neither see nor feel. You will condemn in yourself a secret envy of your companions, who are apparently dead and motionless because they have not yet arrived at the point that you have attained. You continue to admire them, although you have surpassed them. May your affliction and your abandonment continue while you spin a silk in which the princes of the church and of the world and all sorts of souls will glory to be attired. After that, what will become of you, little worm? By what outlet will you come forth O marvel of grace by which souls are molded in so many shapes who can guess in what direction grace will guide it. And who could guess either what nature does with a silkworm if he had not seen it working? It is only necessary to provide it with leaves and nature does the rest. Therefore, no soul can tell from whence it came nor where, whither it is going. No soul can tell from whence it came nor whither it is going, neither from what thought of God the divine wisdom drew it, nor to what end it tends. Nothing is left but an entire passive abandonment, and to allow this divine wisdom to act without interfering by your own reflections, examples, and methods. We must act when the time to act comes, and cease when it's time to stop. If necessary, letting all be lost, and thus acting or remaining passive according to attraction and abandonment, we insensibly do or leave undone without knowing what will be the result. And many other changes, after which, and after many changes, the soul formed receives wings and flies up to heaven leaving a plentiful harvest on earth for other souls to gather. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. 
Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The silkworm, the little worm that produces the beautiful silk, the silk that's used for garments, the silk that's used even at vestments at mass, is so small, is so insignificant, that if we didn't know what it produced, nature might get rid of it. And even after it dies, people go on collecting the silk that it produced and make beautiful things from it. That little worm, given these insignificant leaves, produces something incredible, almost supernatural in comparison to what it is and to what it feeds upon and to where it lives. And what's Father Dikosad saying? He's saying that silkworm is you and me. That silkworm is a symbol, a representative of all those that are led into the darkness of the state of abandonment, who seem to be lost, who can't seem to do what they used to do in the spiritual life. Everything else seems to be going well for other people, and here we are. And he compares us to this worm because from this darkness, from the insignificant things, so it seems, that we feed upon, our fidelity, beautiful spiritual silk is being produced. Silk that others will be able to gather. Nothing is lost with the Lord. And so we live by faith. We live by faith that God is God and we are his children. We live by faith that he dwells under the Holy Eucharist. The appearances of bread, the appearances of wine, insignificant things, profound things happen in the Holy Eucharist. We live by faith that nothing happens that's outside his providence. And that no matter how things seem, in fact, the more they seem simple, the more profound things are happening because God is everywhere and he seems to delight in this disguise. He seems to delight when things seem godless, seem godless, seem ugly to work, to dwell, to do beautiful things. If only we could let go of our own ideas, our own plans, and follow him, then we too will produce something beautiful for God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.